I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, they couldn't spread some of this stuff out over a few days. They're going to dump it all on the weekend. We're going to dump it all on a Sunday afternoon, a Monday morning. We didn't want to sprinkle this out throughout the entire week. No, that's what we'll do. We'll talk about the Rams-Packers game on Thursday. Just give everybody a heads up. We won't mention the Rams Day till Thursday. <laughs> okay. We'll hit on the Scherzer Good, news the on Wednesday. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, appreciate them uh, coming out with breaking news, <laughs> finalizing the deal. Yeah. Today we'll just do USC. Look, Lakers it's, not it's until a great tomorrow. day to be a Trojan football fan. It, it it really is. There are there are a, a, a million things to like about the Lincoln Riley deal. There, yeah. I, I, as far as I can tell, there aren't too many to dislike about the whole thing. It it, it really is remarkable. The Rams were awful, Slee. Like I, I, I've been looking at Twitter this morning, and I know people. Oh, you have to make excuses? No, I'm not. I got no excuses. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, there's not nope, too many a, positive things to say. That's an excuse in an excuse. I what see is? how you're trying to take people. You 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 you're getting into their head where you're like, nope, I don't have an excuse. I'm like, no, 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 no. How no, do you I excuse you. getting your ass kicked three times in a row? What's the excuse for that? No, you can't. I mean, that was just ugly. The Lakers, they they won yesterday, but come yeesh. on, bro, one game winning streak. Don't, don't over Detroit. Don't try and to you do nearly that. Blew it. <laughs> Not today. Yeah. Okay. Today we stand tall and proud yes. of that four game, that four point win yesterday. It's four point win against a four win team. It's exactly right. You feel pretty good about that. But uh, Pistons, how was Thanksgiving? Pistons don't want anything. No, uh, that's P- Pist- two wins in a row. They don't want the Lakers. <laughs> They're lucky they don't have to face the Lakers until next season. Absolutely, absolutely. Good Thanksgiving for you? Great Thanksgiving. Great yeah. Thanksgiving. A lot of driving around. Um, I think, you know, this morning, by the way, can I just say this? We are right back, right back at uh, – uh, if people were thankful over the last four days, this morning driving in, yeah, nobody's thankful anymore. I mean, nobody's letting me in. What Did is my signal for? a little road rage situation coming in this What's morning? What's my signal for? What is it for if – Three oh. cars in a row are not going to oh, let me no, no, in. No, 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 I know what that's for. That's for I better speed up before he gets in front of me. If you, by the way, it's kind of so on true. you. Yeah, if, it's so if true. you're putting your signal on, yep. that's a very clear indicator to up. Oh, don't let that guy in. Got to make sure that guy doesn't get in. You just leave it there and you bam, you slide over real quick. Because if thought, you signal, I'm going to keep you out. I thought I was being a good human being. Hey, no. guys, thinking Naive. about going left here. I'm in the middle lane. <laughs> I see the uh, left lane's going a little faster. Let, let me scoot over here with everybody else. They're like, it's not happening, bro. <laughs> no. Uh, but Thanksgiving was good. Good. Down in San Diego for a couple of days. Nice. You sent me some fantastic photos of the fam, the spread, everything else. Yeah, it was else. great. We had a great Thanksgiving. We had a big group. Um, it, we had great food. It was. I got to see my folks. I got to see some aunts and uncles and cousins and everything else. It was fantastic. Did you get into it? Did you? What? What? what I you feel know, like because there was a lot of people, you kind of held back a little bit. It was. There was a, so much food. There. There could have been twice as many people that we had we had i think we had close to 20 i think it was maybe 17 or 18 people and there was enough food there for 50 
there, there was no way to get through all of that food. So I, I got to take a nice little ice chest home with all sorts of different things. It was fantastic. It was it was successful all the way around until yesterday afternoon in Green Bay when the whole weekend came crashing down on itself. Well, you at least got a couple extra days because for me, <laughs> it was the, what, what have we said the last three Fridays in a row for the Lakers? If you're going to go down, do it on a Friday night when mm-hmm. no one's looking. Or they might be looking, but they're going to forget by the time because Saturday there's all these great college football games. Sunday there's the NFL games. And, oh, by the way, you can get a win on Sunday night, and then people won't talk Alec about it on Monday. So as you sit back and say until Sunday afternoon, Friday night for me, Funches and I are back here. We're sitting yeah. and uh, Real quick. Triple overtime. I was just going to say, triple overtime. never mind that they lost to Sacramento. Laura was in here as well. Which, you know, barf. you losing yeah. triple overtime to anybody. But – triple overtime oh. on a Friday night. I mean, that had to be really a great deal of fun to go through. I, I think by the time I left here, Congo Room was closing up. <laughs> Last call at the Congo yeah, Room. Yeah, Congo Room was punch. like, bro, we're done. Well, Want to hit one real quick before we call it a night? Get in there and uh, knock one idea. out, a little dancing before you call it. Um, let's start with the best news of the weekend. Mm-hmm. USC hit a – it's not even a home run. It's a grand slam. To get Lincoln Riley to come to Southern California to become their new football coach, to get somebody that has the record that he does, he's fifty-five and ten at Oklahoma. Yep. I mean, let me say that again: he's fifty-five and ten at Oklahoma. And now, three appearances in the uh, in college four years. football playoff. Three appearances in the college football playoff in four years. Over that same four-year window, USC went twenty-two and twenty. Okay, they were as mediocre as you could possibly be: fifty-five and ten. 22 and 20 it, it's just it's it, it's the juxtaposition is is stark i'm i'm looking for a reason not to be giddy about this here's what's already happening mm-hmm. all of the players that had committed to oklahoma are decommitted question sure. and you got to sure. think that a good percentage of those guys are going to come to southern cal they're, they're going to come and be trojans and even if it's not all of them you're starting to see it already uh Malachi Nelson from Los Alamitos High School here, a recruit to OU, is decommitted to OU. And you wonder, he's from Southern California. You have all of these guys that are from Southern California that are now able to go there. He's young. He's dynamic. He wins. He recruits. It's all It, it demonstrates that USC football is still committed to being a top-tier program. It demonstrates that it's still a top-tier job, that a guy left Oklahoma that's getting ready to go into the SEC to come to SC and, and and restart that program, it speaks to the power of the brand. It really does. Well, I, I think there's there's more to it than just the power of the brand. I, I don't know if this happens if Oklahoma and Texas don't join the SEC in the next couple of years. I, and I, I say that genuinely. I don't know. But who would have thought that those schools joining a powerhouse conference um, was going to benefit a school like the University of Southern California. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something to there. Maybe there isn't. I think there I is. I think there is. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I, I think it comes down to a, a couple things for me, Trev. Think about this past season for USC. Every time you saw, every time we had a conversation about USC, have we had a positive conversation at all this year about the University of Southern One. California? One. Clay Helton. When they done. fired Clay Helton. It's That's the truth. Right. Yeah. It's the truth. That, yeah. that was the positive story was, hey, they're moving on from a coach they know they need to move on from. Um, I think on top of that, we've had a lot of conversations that if you get the right coach, things can change quick for USC. There's not a lot of programs that can do this. But if you get the right guy, USC could change, and it might be – quicker than most of these other programs, whether it's Arizona or it's another school in the Pac-12 or it's another school that's out there, 
you're right that it's a kind of a shocker yesterday that wait a minute they got this who? dude yeah <laughs> this guy the guy that is playing or has been one of the best coaches in college football and he's doing it at Oklahoma. It's not like he's doing it at a program that's not a right. historic uh, program. And he's had an incredible amount of success. So you kind of add all those layers to it. But ultimately, at the end of the day, USC did something that they haven't done, obviously, in a long time. And now, all of a sudden, the attention shifting towards USC and the recruiting, I'm sure, is going to start shifting. And you're going to be able to kind of feel, if you didn't have USC tickets before, now you're already starting to think, i got to get back in the Coliseum. That's how quick things can change for a program like that. I, I'm going to give Mike Bone a ton of credit here because when he came over and he didn't fire Clay Helton right at the end, I thought that was a mistake. When he came back and let Clay Helton coach another year, in the pandemic year, you can kind of just throw it in the trash. because it, it You're right. It, it really doesn't even count because everything was so upside down and inside out. So... But then even after then, you come back and let him start another year. It's like this was just a series of, dude, pull the trigger. This doesn't work. What are you waiting for? And I was very worried that he was going to go with some other older guy, a, a, an off-brand guy. or something that. And, and I said this to you a million, a million times. He better know what he's going to do long before he's pulled the trigger. Sure. And I don't know if Lincoln Riley was the long-term plan or not or whether this was the perfect storm of you know a bad year in Oklahoma two losses <laughs> combined with them going to the SEC and all of these things but he could not have done better short short and, and I know that okay Nick Saban fine I get it Nick Saban's 70 okay as great as he is he's at a certain point and in his career why is he going to leave yeah there's you, no you just and, and look the, that the, one's not realistic I think the one well, I didn't think Lincoln Riley was either. either that's that's the whole either. point I did not think they were going to get something like this remember when the the rumor about Brian when Kirk Herbstreit floated, they were like, "Why would he leave Notre Dame? Yeah. Why why would he leave a position where he's going to the college football playoff? He's got top ten recruiting classes. They've got money. They've got prestige. They've got the 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 legacy program. Yep. All of these things." Yep. Well, you could say the exact same thing about Oklahoma. The only thing Oklahoma is that it's in Norman, Oklahoma, which if you've ever been there, you know what I mean. If you haven't been there, you know what I mean. It's just it's in the middle of nowhere, that's right? Okay, it's in Norman, Oklahoma. There's a lot of really good college football programs. They're not going to be known for their locale or no, their, their, but their geography. You can get a really good college football program with the right geography. And all of a sudden, this changes everything. Because if SC's good, they don't have to wait in line. They are the line. Everybody queues up behind them. They're, they are Alabama and Ohio State and Michigan and Notre Dame and Oklahoma and Georgia. These programs are just the second they're good. Okay, you're in the club again. You come. You don't have to wait. Oregon has to wait. These other programs, Clemson, even after after being very good for, it's like okay, finally you're in. But now they had a bad year. Okay, you're back in the back of the line. They're not right back at the front. This could not have gone any better. He's the the only thing that I can come up with, Al, as far as that. Yeah, but is if it it's really successful. Let's say they win the Pac-12 next year, go to the Rose Bowl, maybe get in a college football playoff in the, your first year or two. Yeah, the NFL is going to come knocking, and then you've got. But if that's your biggest problem, yeah, you're okay. You're, <laughs> you're okay really if that's okay. your problem. I I think that you know it's so easy when something like this happens. Um, they they still got a ways to go, right? Like this is the huge huge foundational piece. So now they just laid the concrete down and it's like, okay, now we got something to work off of. And now it's up to him and it's up to whoever else that he brings. And you mentioned something about Mike Bone. I, I, I don't know if I completely agree with, well, he should have got rid of, it's it's an easy one. Yes, Clay Helton should have gone. But I even, even if, let's say he just didn't think he had the right guy yet, that, okay, maybe I just have to... Maybe I have to string this along for a little bit longer until I get the right guy because 
I think the last thing you want to do is, well, Clay Helton is fired before the season starts, and then now you're committing to one individual for a four-year contract or something along those lines. So um, Mike Bones won't be in there since 2019. Mm-hmm. So, And I, I think you and I have talked about this where – the priority was not football. The priority was cleaning up the image. The priority, there were a lot of other things that were before college football for USC, it seems like, over these last couple of years. And now, quickly, overnight, it seems like, no, 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 it's football again. And we're going to do everything we possibly can to be one of the biggest and the baddest schools out there. And who would have thought that how pathetic the Pac 12 has been? actually became a recruiting tool in my opinion it's not nothing it's who would have thought that hey we have this conference that does have a path and a ticket to the college football playoff does have a path to potentially representing you know college football at the absolute highest level and you got nobody else in here that's that's fighting where where you end up in that in the sec can you imagine you go out and you you mentioned this in our prep call so you had two losses in the SEC. Yeah, you lost to Alabama and it's, Georgia. Guys, Ed Orgeron won the national championship two years ago, and they fired him halfway through this season. That, that just it's tells a you bloodbath. You need to in the SEC. Of course, it is. Auburn should have beat Alabama this yeah. weekend. You know, I'm just using that as an example. Every single week is not a lock or a guarantee. You know what they got coming in the Pac-12? He gets to face Cal. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you're 100% right He gets to face right Arizona that. State. He gets to face Oregon State. He gets to face, you know, look, we've made fun of the you're, Pac-12. You're not wrong. We've made fun of the Pac-12, and I just mentioned it because in a weird way, that's probably part of the recruiting tool for Lincoln Riley to say, let me go to one of the biggest, baddest, most historic college football programs where there are not that many sharks around me. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. We want your uh, reaction as well about Lincoln Riley, about the Rams, about the Lakers, whatever you got going today. We want to hear it on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. How many times did you guys hear me say this? Does USC care or not? Do you care? Do you care? And we know what that means. Are you willing to do the things that you need to do to win? DeMarco and I were talking about this on Wednesday when we were talking about the the SC vacancy. And are you willing to do the stuff? Which means pay the coach an an ungodly sum of money. Which means pay the assistant coaches nearly ungodly sums of money. Are you willing to maybe take a guy on your team that maybe shouldn't be there in the first place? Are you willing to, when he does something crazy, to kind of say, well, you know, we're going to work with him and start him that way? Like, these are the things that you have to be comfortable with. And it, it's just, that's the price of doing business in this sport. It just is. It, is it right? No. Is it something that we like? No. Is it something that you'd like to see go away? Sure. Is it the price of doing business? A hundred percent it is. I think they just made it very clear they're willing to do that because he's bringing his defensive coordinator with him. He's going to make a seven-figure sum, and mm-hmm. that's how you build these programs. There's NIL stuff here. There's tradition. There's all of these things that come along with being the head coach at USC that are absolutely fantastic. And what you said, can you get to the national championship? Can you get to the college football playoff through the Pac-12 the way you can through the SEC, through some of these other places, and win a national championship? That is coming up next. It's Travis Lee. Don't forget, Ask Slee coming up in what? Half an hour? What a great day. What an absolutely great day. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's not too often, Al. Yep. Where... um, we're talking about something during a segment, and we just keep rolling keep through the break, and yep. just roll right back in. Usually, all right, hold. hold I must your, feel like water. the the red button that says the mic's on interrupting me. I'm like, I was in the middle of a point. <laughs> you want me to just yeah. all of a sudden hey, hey, start guys. talking to everybody else? I'm having a one on one conversation with Travis here. It's exactly, and and you said it a, a few seconds ago before the light interrupted you. It was this is exciting what SC that did. is. It, it's really exciting. When was the last time? Because let, let's go back. The last time USC was a genuinely exciting football program was with Pete Carroll, where it was national championships, Rose Bowl, Heisman trophies. You're playing for something over and over and over again. And then the Kiffin era was kind of a disaster. Sarkeesian was a disaster. Helton, they had the one good season with yep. Sam Darnold, but that was it was. And you can even highlight that one. It was a one off, but it was a it, it was, was a oh wow, maybe there's something but here. here. Here's the other thing. Had he started Sam Darnold at the beginning of the year when he should have, when everyone knew he's the best player on the roster, but it wasn't his air quote turn because it was Max Brown's turn. And they they sacrificed a couple of games early. It's like, well, there goes the national championship. Who knows yeah. how that goes? So even that comes with a little bit of a a, a, a black cloud. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I think you can be genuinely exciting about what what SC has done and what is about to happen because the path to a national championship in the Pac-12 is about as clear a road as you could find right now. Oregon is the best team in the conference and has been for a while. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like they're light years ahead. If anything, they've kind of they've kind of come back to the rest of the Pac-12 at this point. Oh, they've lost some key games to teams in the and, Pac-12. And always That's do. Not a, yep. And, and always do. And all of a sudden, you know, you and I were talking about this a little bit before the the, the show started. That you wonder if playing a Pac-12 schedule will get you ready to win a national championship game. The path to get into the Final Four, or the Final Eight, or whatever yeah. it is that yeah. we ultimately land on, seems pretty clear. But can you get ready to? beat Alabama, to beat Oklahoma, to beat Ohio State, to beat whoever, Georgia, Georgia Clemson, mm-hmm. whoever the next team might be out of that part of the country, can you get ready by beating ASU and Washington State? So th- this is, uh, I'll hit it this way, I think nobody, I can't find anybody that I think would call into the show or be part of the show and say, hey, you know, this Lincoln-Riley signing just doesn't make sense. I don't think anybody's going to say that. No. And I think you you set it up perfectly for the Pac-12. Let, let me throw this your way. And this is why we ask, is the competition of the Pac-12 prepping you for a national championship game? Is it prepping you to be in this college four playoff where you got a legitimate chance against Alabama? You got a legitimate chance against some of those SEC uh, schools you're talking about or Ohio State or Michigan, whoever ends up in it. If I told you that Lincoln Riley over the next four years with USC, mm-hmm. let's say that I, this is what he accomplished. He went to – he had three appearances – in the uh, in the four team college playoff, but he never won a national championship, mm-hmm. which is almost kind of makes you think of Oregon when yeah. you when, when you just kind of look at schools and just pay attention to the Pac twelve for a second. If I said that's what he accomplished for USC, um, what what would what would be your response if he got them to three yep. CFPs in college four years? That's yep. a tremendous mm-hmm. smashing success. So I asked the question because. I think that there is, it's no question about it, there's a clear path to getting there. But I also think, you know, when you talk about the history of USC, and you would know it better than I would, and the expectation is not 
just win the Pac-12. Sure. The expectation is not just get to the call. Today it is. In my opinion, it is today. Today is, hey, can you just churn this thing around? Can you get this thing going in the right direction? All these recruits that are going to Bama and they're going to Georgia and they're going to Oklahoma and they're all these guys coming from Southern California right here in your backyard yep. that are saying, nope, we do not like what you have put together at this program. We're going to actually go all the way across the country. Or we're going to go halfway across the country. I think initially you look at it and you say, hey, you just get us back in that college football playoff. That's all we want. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, as successful as Oregon has been, did, have you ever felt like they have a chance? And Oregon is not USC historically. Have you ever felt like they have a legitimate chance to go win that national championship? I think with SC, that's gonna that's gonna be the conversation, right? Can you not just get us there? Can you continue a tradition that is so rich in history? Yeah, I, I think they can. Be, and it's as simple as this. While Oregon got close, Washington got into a college football playoff. We've seen some teams get in there. Oregon played for, has played for two national championships in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. Yeah. Haven't punched the ticket, but gotten pretty close. They're in the mix. They, they're in the mix for yep. sure. Chris Peterson took Washington to a thing. Alabama torched them and mm-hmm. whatever. Okay. Washington and Oregon are not USC. USC doesn't have to be anybody other than what they've been historically. To your point that this is, you know, USC was the team in the 60s and 70s. USC was the team under Pete Carroll. They don't have to reinvent the wheel. They just have to go back to doing, they don't have to get in line behind anybody else. USC plays as good of a schedule as anybody out of the conference. They play Notre Dame every year. There's another team that they'll play every year that's very, very good. For instance, this even this year, BYU, the team they played on Saturday, that's a top 25 non-conference opponent that they go and play. They'll play Alabama. We've seen them play them. They'll play Auburn. They'll play these schools. They'll play Ohio State in a non-conference game. They'll play Michigan State. They play a real schedule, so they are getting ready. They And, and here's the biggest thing of all. You look at these other rosters, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Oklahomas, the Ohio States. Look at what's on their team. Look at their, look at their player sheet. There's a bunch of kids from L.A. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do anything other than keep the players here. When you have you, you see everybody that's decommitting from Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley's going to get these guys, and if they start to win, they're going to get more guys. And if they start to win, they're going to be able to go into Texas and say, "I'll take the best wide receiver. I'll take the best defensive lineman from LA, from Louisiana. I'll take that linebacker from Ohio. I'll take that kid from uh, Pennsylvania." This is what they did forever and ever and ever. They dip into Texas. They dip into Jersey. They dip into the Midwest, and they just take the best players from all over the country. They don't have. It's not that the Pac-12 won't serve them well. They're going to have better players than the team in the SEC. They're going to have better players than Ohio State the way they did under Pete Carroll, mm-hmm. the way they did under John Robinson, the way they did under That's John good McKay. That's yeah. They had bet. Look, at the end of the day, we're not. nobody has to be a genius. If I have better players than you, it's really hard for you to beat me. And you have foundationally yes. a coach that you think can drive everything, and you have a program that's committed to what do we need to do? What do you need from us? You need that assistant coach? Let's go get him. You need to make sure that the Coliseum is packed with 85, 90,000 people. That's going to happen as well. I, I bring all this up, um, and I think this goes back to how we kind of started the conversation. This is pretty cool. It really is because I – you know, it's one thing when the Dodgers sign a really good player. It's obviously it's another thing when um, the Lakers go out and they get they trade for Anthony Davis. Sure, it's it changes, it shifts everything in the city. USC has not been talked about for so long now. It feels like right. It's been such Ten a years really a back page conversation, and instantly you went out and arguably got the best coach, who by the way was not available. 
right? You went out and got the best coach out there, and now you just feel like you could see it. You can almost like, wow, I can see a year from now or eight months from now, nine months from now, where USC is starting to play games where you're starting to feel it. You and I, first thing we're doing on a Monday Do you want to come over on USC. Saturday night and watch the SC game? When was the last time somebody said that? Right? How about us just having a conversation that's positive about the program? We haven't done that really in years. Let's try our first call on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Let's go to Long Beach and Patrick. Patrick, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, Patrick? Thanks, thanks guys, as always. Two quick points that I'm going to try to quickly make is, Travis, you kind of took the words out of my mouth, but one, Lincoln Riley gets a fresh start at USC, and what I mean by that is he can fix the little mistakes that he had in Oklahoma, one being defense. And you think a 38-year-old almost genius isn't going to look at that, you know, of course he's going to fix that. The other thing is SC is an easier recruiting ground than Oklahoma. I'm sure. sorry. What you just said, we're getting the players back. Not only are we getting the players back, can you imagine this guy sitting down in people's homes and saying, come to Southern California, come to L.A., come to USC. Or stay. Uh, uh, stay in L.A. exciting. Stay. Stay, stay, stay. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Travis. Yeah, you got it, Pat. No, the, the pitch is pretty easy. I've won where I've been, but I, I want to do it here because I think we can do even greater things here. There are more players. If you just threw a, a chalk line around, yeah. you know, from the USC campus and made a 30-mile radius around sure, sure. and didn't recruit anybody else, you can beat anybody. You can beat anybody. They're, the players are here. The players are here. They're in Texas. They're in Florida. They're in Louisiana. They're in places like that. But if you just got your guys here, this is what Pete Carroll did. He had every good player in L.A. stay in L.A. And, oh, Lindell White's from Denver? Okay, I'll take you. Brian Cushing's from New Jersey? Okay, I'll take you. Like, you're just picking the best players from the other parts of the country, and you keep the best players here. Matt Barkley was from here. Matt Leinert was from here. Carson Palmer was from here. All of these guys that are just you – know, unbelievable Keyshawn Johnson is from here they're just loaded up in this all right let's take one more quick call let's go to let's go to Drew in uh downtown LA what's going on Drew what's going on Slee I want to know why they're attacking you on Twitter you and your burner calling you the cheater Venice Mace and Mace Mafia can we get the Godfather voice one more time Slee that's uh let them know that Cheating's not in your bones. That's uh, the first I've heard of it, Drew. I'll have to check the uh, the burner accounts. I was not aware of this. Appreciate you calling in, Drew. Appreciate yeah, you calling Drew. in. I thought I we had know a, what he's talking about. Yeah, I, thought, I thought we were going USC right here. <laughs> if you want to get a deal. Randomly. Do you have a burner account that you'd like to share with the group? I don't have a burner account. Oh. Remember Morales was mentioning on Tuesday somebody uh, oh, created Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't pay attention to that too yeah. much. Yeah. Anyway, SC's got a new coach. The Rams... Um, Slee? What happened? What's happening over there? Well, I know exactly what's happening, and I'll tell you next. It's Travis Slee, 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. 
Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Before I get to the um, late, the the Rams and what they're not doing yep. right now, happy 94th birthday to Vince Scully today. How great is that, Slee? I, I, there are there are not too many people. I don't want to say there are too many. There might not be anybody. Yeah. That I don't know. I've 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 never spoken to Vince Scully. I've never had the pleasure of meeting him. Unfortunately, I, I would love to do all of those things. I've never met him, but I feel like he's a part of my life. I feel awesome. I feel like I know him. I feel like he's an uncle or a grandfather awesome. or something. And it's just uh, it, it's so cool to see him. Ninety four years old. So he's on Twitter. It's just it's fantastic. Well, Happy to, birthday to man. play off of that. Um, you know, yesterday was Chick Hearn night at Staples mm-hmm. Center. His birthday was the 27th, yeah. so November 27th. So obviously two legends here in L.A., two legends, period. So We'll play a couple of Vince Scully calls for you throughout the day, just kind of celebrate Vin's 94th. Um, Rams are bad. I, I would love to to give you a, oh, but hey, this is what's going on, or this is what's happening. If they can get this cleaned up, or if they can fix that. Fact of the matter is, here's here's what's happened in, in the most blunt terms possible. Yep. The Rams have gotten their butts kicked three games in a row in exactly the same way. Hmm. That's a problem by by somewhere between decent teams to very good teams. I, I think San Francisco is a decent team. I think Tennessee is probably a little bit better than decent, and the Green Bay Packers are very, very good. But all three of those teams have beat them in exactly the same way. They've dominated them physically. They have not allowed the Rams to get a pass rush going. They get early leads. The Rams have turned the ball over. The special teams are terrible. The play calling is suspect. Mm-hmm. The The desperation that's coming off some of the things the Rams do is very, very odd. They cannot make big plays, or if they do, they're few and far between. They're constantly chasing points. The only thing I can come up with where the Rams are with six games left in the season that feels kind of sort of okay is that no one else in the league is particularly good either, that there hasn't been that team that's kind of separated because the rest of this, and Matthew Stafford in particular, have been terrible the last three weeks. But that's the problem, you know, when you say that the rest of the league hasn't, nobody's kind of gone out of their way and say, okay, yep, that's the favorite in the AFC, that's the favorite in the NFC. The issue, Trav, is you've lost three games in a row, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you tell me, for doing the pre and you're doing the half, you're doing your hit. Nobody's going to be more into it than you are for the broadcast that you're doing. You never really felt like they're in these games. Never. And that, that never. That's the part that I think pulls me away the most with the Rams because we've had the conversation. Okay, yeah, but if they lose to the Packers 27-24 and uh, they hit a field goal to end the game, and you know what? Yeah, you lost the game, but you're in it. Could have gone either way. Let's take our chances in January if we have to go back out there. That's you know something that you've mentioned. I never thought in that Titans game. I never thought in the Niners game, and even the 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 Packers game from yesterday. Do not look at the score. If you didn't see the game and you see thirty six twenty eight, this is not a one score game or anything along those lines. That's the thing I walk away from is. They have got, in a couple of the games, out-muscled, ran the ball down their throat, um, time of possession. They can't get off the field. Lopsided, right? Yeah. And then there's the mistakes that all come with it. Because that there is not a team that stands out in the NFC or the AFC, that's what would concern me more about the Rams. Three good opponents, one really good. There's no point that I think you felt in the fourth quarter of any three of those games, Rams are still in this thing. They haven't beaten a team with a winning record since September. It's December in two days. Okay, that's a long time. Oh my gosh. They have not beat a winning team 
And, and by the way, one oh, of those... Oh, that's right. They go Indy, they, Tampa, Tampa, yeah. Now, now that Indy lost yesterday, they're back at 500. 500. So you've yep. got exactly one win over a 500 team. That came uh, against Tampa very week three of the season. So that's one part. You said something that I think is interesting. That at no point in those three games, Tennessee, San Francisco, Green Bay, did you feel like the Rams are going to win that game? You know who else I think had a similar feeling? Sean McVay. Yep. Yeah. You know how I know that? Give me one other Did reason. Did you hear Aikman on the call yesterday? Yeah, I was. Early on, first first quarter, where he's basically saying, it seems like the Rams are desperate. They're going for it on fourth down. I can't remember the score. Was it just was it was it seven, seven nothing? nothing? It's fourth and one from your own 29-yard line. It's the first quarter of the game, and you're going all in like it's the fourth quarter with two minutes to go, and you're, you're down four? I don't know why that one what? hit me, but Aikman saying – it seems desperate, and then the and then the desperate. camera pans in Big Vay, you know, like kind of walking up and down the sideline, and then after they don't get the fourth down, back at McVay, it's like guys, uh, what you're telling your team is play the we, long game. We can't afford to get down anymore. We're not going to come back. The, the, when Sean McVay and the Rams were cranking, mm-hmm. right, a few years ago, and even at certain points last year, but it was that just give me the ball last, we're going to win the game. Just give me the ball enough times, and we're going to win the game. But this speaks to two different things. Number one, he doesn't think he's going to get the ball enough because his defense can't get off the field. He knows that we saw the Packers uh, to open up the third quarter. They drive, I think it was seven minutes and 29 seconds. They drive the field score touch. Rams go three and out. Boom. They, they burn like 20 seconds off of their defenses right back out on the field. So you're looking at, A, I'm not going to have as many opportunities to score, and B, I don't know if we're going to be able to stop anybody. I don't know if we're going to be able to go score for score with these guys. So we have to go. And it wasn't just that, Al. Go back to the game against San Francisco where they had that whack fake field goal towards the end of the first half. We've seen some fakes uh, that they've tried. This is Detroit Lions kind of stuff. Bad teams try to trick good teams. Sure. Good teams. Because you don't feel like you have a chance to win unless you do some Good teams line up and say, let's play. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get enough stops on you. Can you stop me enough? And that's not what's going on. Let's go to the play call towards the end of the game. Now, the Rams are chasing points. The game is... More than likely over anyway, but there's that, you know, hey, score a quick touchdown, onside kick, kick a bomb field. It's possible. They go for it with a running play on third down with time expiring, no timeouts left, and they get stuffed. But even if they had made it, it doesn't matter. The clock keeps running. Mm -hmm. They burned another 30 seconds off the clock for no reason that I can come up with. They end up kicking the field goal anyway, which if you'd thrown the ball to the end zone, three things happen. Touchdown incomplete and you kick the field goal anyway okay fine you're exactly where you were only you got 30 seconds or so of clock time it it made no sense and we've talked about this a million times how many times are we going to see them do the same thing run the same plays over and over again here's my pitch here's my pitch here's my pitch well it's not working dude go to the curveball let's go to a second thing and i have not seen a second thing from this team all season long in particular this last three weeks it's incredibly frustrating and they almost got lucky you can say because they hit two home runs. Yeah. Right? And so it's it's I don't even know if that's indicative of the score as well. It's that not. even when they did score, it wasn't, well, we just owned you for an 80, 80 yard drive or something along those lines. You, you mentioned one thing about them going for it on fourth down. Was it in the second quarter? I'm trying to think here where the Packers had the longest drive in the NFL without kicking a field goal or scoring a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many plays it was, but they had the ball for a long time. Even that is demoralizing. Sure it is. That you got you spend that much time with the ball and then oh by the way we're going to down the ball within the 10 yard line or something. 
you have to come 90 yards. And it, it seems like the Rams are a step behind on every single possession. Offense is stagnant. The defense can't get off the field. And their special teams are downright bad. And then you've got a coach that seems to be struggling to make some adjustments. It's there's a good. It, the good news is there are six games left. The bad news is five of them are games that you could potentially lose. Drakeman also said if they don't get this squared away, they might not win another game the rest of the season. We'll hear from that coming up in a little bit. But, Al, you know how this goes. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, I'm going to start with this one just because I think it's hilarious that he sends them every single week. Okay. This is from Capitano Matt, okay. who has a very specific lane on Ask Slee where he asks sumo questions. That makes sense. <laughs> okay, so Taruna Fuji secured a commanding victory during the November Basho. Do you think he might become as dominating as Hakuho? No, Hashtag I, I don't. Slee. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, I, I, I want to say hype. <laughs> right, there's a lot of hype, but on on, on Taruna Fuji, Taruna Fuji, <laughs> and I just I don't know me personally. I I don't think I, I got to see it for myself. I got to see it for myself. Even though during the something? November Basho where he dominated, can I tell you something? One of my regrets in the world of travel. Yeah, you've been to Japan. You mentioned went to Japan. Obviously, sumo wrestling is huge out there. Sure, didn't freaking go to a match. You didn't go to a match. Oh, that would be fun. How cool would that be? That would be very. You cool. know, actually, um, also where was I? Was I in Hiroshima? Glendora? I was in Glendora. I was in Glendora. I was in Hiroshima. Hiroshima. Okay, sure. Um, and I was trying to go to a baseball game out there because, you the know, carp. obviously that's fantastic as well. Yeah. They're, they're the big into uh, big into baseball. And when I was there, they were on the road. I'm like, oh, okay, this is perfect. So I didn't get to see any of those <laughs> Over two. Over All two. right, let's go to Jacob who says, hashtag Ashley. I like this. Why do fat chants and slim chants mean the same thing? It's a great question. Can you help me with that? I, don't I ain't know. got nothing. This is Ask Slee. It's not Ask Travis. Yeah, but this is your creation. <laughs> nope. You don't get off the hook that easy. You're fat a, chance and slim chance do mean the same thing. Yeah, fat chance. Yeah, slim chance. I never use fat chance. I only use slim chance. Yeah? Fat chance is fun to say. Ah, fat chance, Slee. Fat chance. It's like you're the, coming after me. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's good, right, just, right? I feel like fat chance is much more pointed. Yeah, oh, yeah it fat is. chance. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have like slim chance means there's a slim chance. Fat chance means now nah, you you're cooked. You got no chance at all. Anthony Gaeta, when Slee is at an exceptionally long stoplight, is he the guy that gets impatient and puts his vehicle in park so you can take your foot off the brake? No, but I will uh, inch towards a little bit go front as if the sensors are going to go off and say hey this guy's been waiting for 30 seconds now let's get the let's get this green light moving and the only thing that ends up happening is now i'm in the crosswalk <laughs> oh, so, you're so the now i gotta line. go back so you gotta go back to get the sensor right now i have to go back 
well, I started where I was at the right place, and then I'm figuring, okay, well, I'll go up a little bit, and then next thing I know, I'm backing up because an okay. elderly lady needed to actually cross the street, <laughs> and the crosswalk is on. Yeah, hey, lady, I'm trying to get this light to turn green. Will you please stay on hey, the Hey, let's go. There? Keep it moving. How long are you waiting at that red light to make that turn before you say, bleep Depends it, I'm, where go- you are. I'm going through it. I'm not waiting anymore. I, 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 think of one, I think of one specific area in Pasadena where I've done the, okay... All right, looks like we're clear on that side. Okay, now it's time to go. Eh, maybe give it a good 20, 25 seconds. But if you go under it, you can't do it during the – when I'm driving back from Staples Center at 1130 at night, everything's fair game. What's up, Emily? I, I, well, my question is, do you put the uh, – put in park when you're in a long drive through line? Because I do that all the time. Like if I'm at In-N-Out and it's not moving, I put it out and put it in park. I don't do the park. No, like that's not I my move. Just keep the foot on the brake. Maybe just, I just my my leg is so heavy and automatically I don't have to just kind of lightly on it. let off and let that kind of take me. No, I don't do that. By I the way, like can I just final frustration? Can I say this real quick? We started the show off with this. Come on, if my signal's on. Let me in the lane. Oh, dude, that's that's a hundred percent on you. That's that's bad. So you've been in L.A. a long time. You should know better. Never signal. It's it's. it's I will allow. Your I will allow somebody in. I hate this take. In. I hate like, this. You're, take. I will allow somebody in. That's your if problem. They signal. And they are going out of their way to let me know, hey, I'm just trying to get in that left what lane. You do, if, if, if you signal and somebody lets you in, then you give them the courtesy wave, that's fine. You, yep. But you got to give them the courtesy wave. But if you announce your intention to move in front of me, that's not that's. that's I had a problem. predicament a week ago. was kind of funny because his window was down, my window was down, and he wasn't letting me in. And this hey. wasn't and this wasn't one of those this is me trying to get on the freeway like I have no I'm in the right lane cuz I have no choice now I just need to get in the left lane to eventually end up on the 110 and we're both looking at each other I'm like what are you doing and he just kept going up <laughs> My wife has heard me scream at other drive. Like I'm convinced that people drive the way I do, where I intentionally keep people out He's of like, the lane. What? I'm like what do we, do? bro? You see, you see how that guy sped up? Right when I sped up, he sped up. If I slow down, he slowed. Down. He's doing it on purpose. And she'll say to me, "Just because you do that doesn't mean everybody else does it." Once That's exactly a, what it once means. Once a week, we should have uh, ask sleep, but it's just traffic. It's <laughs> well, just like plenty of them. predicaments about traffic situations. When a group of people are singing "Happy Birthday," does Slee wave his arms around like he's the conductor? Hashtag Ask Slee. Happy birthday to you. You doing the arms? I gotta, I gotta incorporate that. That's that's a good move. I do that. That's a good move because then all of a sudden it looks like you put it together. You set the birthday up. Like you're in total control of the situation. We really had nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm. T- I I don't like this. Therefore, I'm going to take control yep. of it. So I have a, li- a little say in you this. You kind of like thing. you're putting your arms up. Like Happy okay, higher, higher, right? Birthday <laughs> as the as the arms come up. Yeah, you got to do it like that. For some reason, rookie is a popular topic on okay. Ask Lee today. Yeah, it was crazy uh, this morning. John in Huntington Beach of Fullerton. When walking rookie in the neighborhood this past weekend, how many My House Next did you drop on people putting up their Christmas lights? Hashtag Ask Sleep. Okay, so was in Lake Arrowhead. I mm-hmm. think I mentioned that to you. Um, I think he realized that he's actually in an environment that's his own environment. It's a golden retriever. It's just freaking woods up there, and it's beautiful, and there's trees. This guy was running all over the place like a, a madman. I am not the one that's looking at everybody else's lights and saying, okay, I'm coming up next. I'm coming up next. I'm probably procrastinating. Did you set up everything after Thanksgiving? No. Yeah, my I wife did, though. Either. Oh, she did? House looks great. 
got Christmas lights on the house. It's it's beautiful. She so did she a did wonderful it. job. She made it happen. <laughs> yeah, no, she's okay. my wife is is gung ho on the holidays, and she wanted. But look, I was doing the Rams all day yesterday. I didn't have an opportunity to do it. Saturday played a little golf. Didn't have an opportunity to do it. Friday we were, were coming busy. back from Santa Barbara. Didn't hey, have an opportunity to do it. So what going on? She took it upon herself. Uh, she probably does, doesn't want you to help her. Yeah, that's hundred percent true. TFP. Does Lincoln Riley have two first names or two last names? Two last names. <laughs> two last names. No question about it. Riley's a first name. Uh, it's also a last name. <laughs> Lincoln, we know, is a last name. And a first one, apparently. I, that, I, that one's going to tie my brain in a knot for the rest of the day. I wonder if there was a point where Mike Bones said to himself, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Am I calling him? Do I call him Lincoln? Do I call him Riley? Coach. Does he only take one of those two? When in doubt, it's a confusing situation. George, George. One more very quick one. This is from Andy. Does Slee Frank hold his... Vogel. It's easy. <laughs> That's easy. It's the first and the last. Does Slee hold his nose when he jumps in the pool? Hashtag <laughs> ask Slee. No, I do not. You're not an 86-year-old woman? But it's smarter. It's definitely smarter. <laughs> I should reconsider. I can just picture you dip your toe in, pinch the nose, and in goes Slee into the shallow end. <laughs> and then That's awesome. dog paddle to the side so you don't get any water uh, <laughs> up your nose along the way. All right. Uh, talked about the Rams and the, the bad three-game skid that they're on. We're yep. super fired up about Lincoln Riley coming to SC. The Lakers are next, Lee, because they've played a month's worth of basketball and they are in exactly the same spot. That's next. It's Travis Lee.